Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm Earl Swildewitt, and I hope you've enjoyed the first week of free agency. And honestly, I don't know how you couldn't have it, as it's been a fun and exciting week here in Chicago. Today, I'm joined by both of my Bears brothers, Brendan Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. And the three of us are accompanied by Chris Emma, who is making his second appearance on the show. Chris, I want to thank you for joining us today. You know, it's been a whirlwind of the past couple of weeks since we met up at the NFL Combine. But I want to know, how have you been since, man? Boys, good to be with you. Uh, yeah, it's been a busy few days for the Bears. They are a better team now than they were about a week and a half ago. So that's what you want to accomplish this time of year with free agency and resources in the open market. They approach this with a ton of camp space, and they've done some pretty good work so far in building this roster better. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be trending in the opposite direction, especially for a team with a new head coach, second-year quarterback, who he believes the franchise guy. So the Bears have been putting together a very strong offseason. And last week, we gave our analysis and opinion on the vast majority of the moves that the Bears made. So today, we're going to go in and pick Chris's brain on both free agency and the upcoming draft, which is only 37 days away. Not that I'm counting or anything. But uh, so let's go ahead and begin with free agency. And before we get into the new players, I want to hear your thoughts on this whole Cameron Meredith, Alan Hearns scenario. Then uh, that's being for those listening. Uh, Hearns, he was released by Jacksonville earlier today. And Alan Robinson, he is seemingly trying to recruit his former teammate via Twitter. And it's been reported that the Bears are, in fact, interested. So, Chris, you know, I've seen Bears fans uh, off and on all day on Twitter uh, talking uh, and debating uh, between Alan Hearns and Cameron Meredith. Some fans would rather have Hearns. Some would rather have Meredith. Uh, that's I'm in that camp. And some think there's a possibility of both. So I want to know, uh, what are your two cents on the matter? What do you think the Bears would do? And what's the best approach in this situation? Obviously, developing as we speak right now with Cam Meredith in Indianapolis. Um, you know, if, if you're the Bears, you start with Meredith right now because they got him to the tender. They can match any offer, and you know Meredith, is, Meredith isn't going to draw the market that Alan Hearns probably will. I mean, we heard from Alan Hearns himself that the Bears are among seven teams interested. Uh, he's reportedly going to go visit the Jets here. The Bears have better control over the situation with Meredith, and they have a good background with him as well. Uh, Meredith wants to be back with the Bears. I mean, come on, he's a Chicago kid, and he loves exactly. the situation here. Um, you know, everything I've heard is that he wants to be back, but obviously – uh, you know, there's a new unique situation in play here with this original round tender. So he gets to explore his value. And the Colts now are in an interesting spot because they got a ton of cap space available. Uh, they're over 70 million. I forget the exact number, but I just wrote it down on our 670thescore.com. 
Um, and they're in a situation too where they need to get some receivers. They added Ryan Grant today, but that's just a start. So, you know, they could put on an offer that the Bears won't top and put the ball uh, in the Bears' court here. They could yeah. really put them in a tough situation and then force the Bears to react to this. And then maybe the Bears have to put out a bigger offer for Hearns. But I don't know if they want to go competing against a bunch of other teams for Hearns, even if he is the better receiver. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, so if you were Ryan Pace, which one would you do? Would you do Meredith? Probably. I mean, they got a better familiarity with him. You can plug him right into the system. I think he fits well, too. And I think he would do really well opposite somebody like Allen Robinson with Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, et cetera, with the offense. Um, I think there's more untapped potential with Meredith. And, you know, 2017, 2017 could have been a breakout year for him, if not for the torn ACL in the preseason. Um, I'd be willing to explore and see how much better he can be. And frankly, I think he could probably get him at a cheaper price than Hearns will sign. I bet when this is all said and done, that he is locked into something cheaper than Hearns. Um, the Bears have to explore that. You have to follow through on that one as well. But obviously the option is there with her, uh, Hearns as well. So if Meredith gets an offer, the Bears don't want to top. And uh, Ryan Pace, as we've seen, he, he knows his market values. He's going to stay put with those. If it's not something he's comfortable with, with, with uh, signing for Meredith, then they'll move on. Yeah, good stuff there, Chris. And before I open it up to Brandon and Nick, I just have one more question here about free agency. You have a couple, but one more I want to sneak in real fast. I want you to go ahead and describe the feel inside Hollis Hall around this. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Franchise, because your colleague, Patrick Finley, he was like describing how the culture is shifting to one that is more supportive. Uh, Ryan Pace has mentioned that a few times now and how coaches, scouts, people in the front office are all on the same page. A lot of them were in attendance for uh, Thursday's press conference, which notably was different how things kind of were under Fox, even Mark Tressman. So I want to know, like, how's the tone changed uh, since that Fox era ended just two short months ago? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. You know, last year was what was really believed to be John Fox's last year all along. They had to be contending within a rebuilding window, and that's hard to do. They were not built to be contending last year, especially after the injuries took their toll, and then you plug in the rookie quarterback in Trubisky. The Bears' best chance of contention was Mike Glennon playing well. We know how that went. From there, it really seemed destined that John Fox was going to be gone in some form. That proved to be true. So now, you know, the Bears got everything built around Trubisky. Where a year ago, it was a different situation. Even just September, it was a different situation. This is Mitchell Trubisky's team, and everybody's pulling in the same direction with him, whether it's the players, whether it's Matt Nagy, Mark Helfrich, uh, certainly Ryan Pace, who's building the pieces around Trubisky. This is Mitchell Trubisky's team, and that's the way it should be. Uh, any team, you know, the Patriots are Tom Brady's team. The Eagles are Carson Wentz's team, even after Nick Foles led them to the Super Bowl. When you have your franchise quarterback, you do everything you can, especially within that rookie contract, to maximize your chances at contention. Ryan Pace has gone to work now after getting rid of John Fox, bringing in Nagy, and bringing in this new coaching staff with Nagy. They found a way to build around their quarterback and make it better. And in turn, through the free agency now, uh, somebody like Allen Robinson is going to be more attracted to the Bears because Trubisky's there. I mean, he said that. Trey Burden said it. Ta Taylor Gabriel said it. The Bears are a more attractive destination now. And there's a real semblance of hope around this team with Trubisky. Now, what it comes down to is how well he plays because they've done their part 
and add it around him, you're going to really see whether Mitchell Trubisky is the future of this franchise or if he's somebody that you're moving on from in a few years. Right, so let's move to the other side of the ball, Chris. Uh, before our last podcast, the Bears signed outside linebacker Aaron Lynch. And we had a little bit of discussion about him, but because it was so close at the time we went live, it was just kind of a very shallow discussion. Uh, we said that he played under Vic Fangio before and how this could be an opportunity for him to jumpstart his career after only playing uh, 14 games in the last couple seasons. So uh, what what more can you tell us about Aaron Lynch and what's your optimism level with Lynch and where the uh, outside linebackers are in general? Because uh, I think that's a position in the state of rebuild at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it is a good signing, and you look at it, I mean, one-year deal, it's a prove-it deal. You're bringing this guy in saying, um, you know, okay, let's see how he performed with Fangio and his defense. He's got a familiarity there. He's been fit there before with San Francisco, so the Bears are taking a chance on him, and the belief with Lynch is that it's never a matter of skills. I mean, we've seen it before. The numbers are there to back it from his first two seasons. It's a right. matter of well, something that's not adding up, that's not leading him to the potential. So the Bears believe there's something there. And what really stood out to me uh, was hearing from Aaron Lynch on the teleconference. I think it was Friday. And he said he really spoke glowingly of Fangio. He said it's somebody really important to him to, within his life and his career. Um, you know, it's natural to tie in their experiences together, but it was only one season. So to hear from Lynch that Fangio is really an important figure within his career spoke volumes. Maybe Vic Fangio is the right guy to bring it out of him. Uh, what we know of Fangio certainly is he's going to bring that tough love and Lynch is either going to respond to it the right way or the wrong way. They might have a edge rusher for the next several years, or they might have a one and done. They move on from him. So I guess we'll find out as Bears fans. We hope that it works out there, but I have a question for the offense. Um, with Trey Burton expect to have a larger role in, uh, Matt Nagy's offense. How do you think that affects Adam Shaheen's growth going into his second season? It's going to be interesting. Ryan Pace referred to it as, as an advantage for Shane. He, he didn't really get into it too much when asked about it a few days ago, but um, he said that, you know, the Bears are going to be able to utilize these two tight ends the right way. Um, and that's up to Matt Nagy, I guess, and probably Mark Helfrich, too, and finding the two tight end packages and the way that those two can play off each other's. I mean, you know, obviously they have the weapons in place now with somebody like an Allen Robertson, Robinson, Taylor Gabriel. They've added the pieces around Trubisky. Now he can be creative with them. So you find a way to get Shaheen and Burden on the field at the same time. Or maybe you're just getting Shaheen on this field at the same time with Allen Robinson lining up opposite sides from each other. See what you can do with it. They're going to be creative with the personnel packages they have uh, because when you add different pieces around Shaheen, you're creating diversions. And maybe you can get him open in the middle of the field or find a way uh, to get him down the sidelines. Uh, there's different things you can do to play these guys off each other. And that's kind of what Pace was alluding to when he said it. Uh, these two tight end sets are going to give him an opportunity to be creative. Now it's up to the play callers. Uh, it's an interesting signing, too, because obviously, you know, Jimmy Graham got just $11 million out of Green Bay. That's an established guy, but he's also now 30 years old. Uh, the Bears are paying Trey Burton the second most guaranteed money of any tight end in the league right now. Uh, at least you know, until you know another, maybe there's a contract extension to come this offseason. Maybe it proves to be different later on. Right now, they're putting a lot of stock and a lot of money in this guy's corner with the belief that Burden is a top tight end, and they feel the pieces around him are going to function that way. So uh, maybe Burden and Shaheen do bring out the best of each other. Maybe Burden's just an insurance policy on Adam Shaheen, too, or vice versa. So it was an interesting signing just because they did invest the second-round pick in Shaheen. Uh, but Pace feels optimistic about what they can do with the two of them, so I guess we'll find out there. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's interesting indeed. You know, a lot of these signings are, and I want to know out of all the signings to date, which one's your favorite and why? Uh, I mean, it's got to be Allen Robinson, I guess, right? Because this is the guy, 
I mean, no receiver in Bears history has ever put up 14 touchdowns in a season, which is kind of the baseline that he set his second year of the league, 2015. This guy's just 24 years old. He's a few months older than Calvin Ridley, the expected first-round pick ahead in this next NFL draft. Guys aren't supposed to come out in free agency at 24 years of age with a Pro Bowl under their belt and an established baseline that's pretty good. I mean, even what he did in 2016 to follow is still a productive season. Uh, Allen Robinson has proven himself as a top receiver already, and he's just 24. and He's just a puppy out there. So uh, the Bears have a chance to really develop this guy into something good. Let's be honest, too. He's been playing with Blake Bortles in an offense that's not really built around the passing game. Mm -hmm. um, Trubisky's got all the talent in the world within that arm and his mobility and the things he can do within Nagy's offense. They got a chance now to work those two together and bring out the best in them. I mean, the potential is clearly there between Robinson and what Trubisky's shown in his rookie season. So you couple them together. Um, it's really, I mean, you know, I bear, the Bears don't have a history at receiver really at all. And they just landed a guy, the prime free agent at the uh, position of receiver on the open market. I'm really excited to see what those two guys can do together and, we're going to find out, like I said before, what Trubisky really is, and we'll certainly find out what Robinson is as well. There's been a lot of questions so far about offense. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that, but I'm going to go back to the defense. <laughs> uh, Sam Ocho got resigned to a, a bigger deal a couple of years here. Uh, do you expect him to fill this larger role, or what kind of role do you expect him to play opposite of Leonard Floyd? Because I've got a hard time thinking that he's going to be a starter opposite of there. Yeah, I mean, Acho's a steady player at outside linebacker. You feel good about him on the field, and he's not going to get you in trouble, but... You know, right. he's not a, the kind of edge rusher that you want within that defense. So he's somebody when, you know, different situations, if you want him dropping into coverage or you're not looking for that forceful rush off the edge and attacking with that blitz, uh, you know, you feel good about him on the field. He can get to the quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but um, he's more of a role player slash special teams guy. And uh, there's value for that. You know, that you can get a good long career out of that. And the Bears feel good about what he does bring to the table. So, um I, you know, he's probably not the starter. He'll probably keep the same role that he's had the last few years. But, uh, I mean, he was really thrilled, too, that he got the multi-year deal because, yeah. you know, it sucks when you're a veteran and you're, you know, you're late 20s. Somebody like Prince of Mukamara, too, has been playing through different contract seasons and playing through that uncertainty. I mean, there's a, uh, you know, the human side to the uh, to the business of the game. And uh, when you get rewarded for it, you feel really good. So Prince and Ochoa are both two guys saying they felt good that they got multi-year deals. Chris, uh, the Bears weren't the only ones to make moves in this offseason. Uh, just in the NFC North, obviously, the, the Vikings got Kirk Cousins. The Packers got Jimmy Graham. But what are your thoughts on, on the NFC North? How do the Bears match up? Will they actually win a division game this season? <laughs> it's, it's hard to imagine, right, winning a division game. <laughs> now, uh, you know, it, it's a tough division. I really think so. I mean, um, yeah, the Packers have upgraded. and They had to as well. I'm really interested to see what the new GM does in time here how he builds around Rodgers, and more importantly, whether he's able to keep Rodgers in time, you know, because they're going to be entering that uh, that period in which they got to pay Rodgers while also building a core around him, and it's what the Colts have failed to do with Andrew Luck. Uh, Packers are be about to be put in a tough situation. Of, you know, they have to build through the draft and establish some young talent around, you know, the greatest quarterback of this era. Um, so that's going to define where the Packers go in the next few years. The new GM has a lot of pressure on him. Uh, yeah, as for Minnesota, I mean, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> it's an upgrade at quarterback for a team that has not really had much talent at quarterback the last few years. That's a team that's built around its defense, and it's one of the best in the league. Um, so they're not going anywhere. 
I like what Bob Quinn has done with the Lions, too. And, and you know, the key is establishing more around Matthew Stafford. They had some injuries last year that took their toll, on the especially on the offensive line. Uh, we didn't see the best of the Lions and what they can be. But, I mean, heck, they were just a playoff team two years ago, so you can't really count them out. I think the Bears are a lot better. I, mean, I really do. I, I think they're getting closer to that contention. I don't know if I'm ready to say they're a contender just yet, but I think they'll be closer to the eight-win margin than they will, you know, the three-win margin. I mean, <laughs> um, I, I think they're a much better team now than they were just a few weeks ago. And, yeah, they, yeah, they will win some NFC North games. I win probably a couple. I'll give them that. I mean, it's, you know, the bar has been set very low the last few years, but – um, I think they're certainly heading in the right direction, and there's a lot of other variables in play within the NFC North. It's going to be interesting to see how those things play out. You heard it here first, guys. Chris Emma from the score just said the Bears are going to win a couple of divisional games. It's about time, long <laughs> overdue. Uh, very exciting indeed here. Uh, you know, Like you said, the Bears have just gotten so much better, and it's just not the players that they've brought from other teams. It's also about these players that they brought back from you know the year before. You have Kyle Fuller and Prince Mukamara, who you just mentioned, uh, Mukamara. And I want to know for you about this Bears secondary, right? You keep Adrian Amos, you have Eddie Jackson, so the safeties are solidified. They're going to return for a second year together. Now you get to keep your both outside corners how huge is that going to be for Vic Fangio and his defense 2018 oh yeah yeah that's important especially when you got them you know a lot of the same guys in the front seven too and you can continue uh you know you can work with that kind of continuity uh for Fangio that goes a long way and that was one of the reasons why he felt really comfortable in returning with a new head coach and you know a new regime for this Bears uh you know for this Bears organization because they do have so much continuity on defense they're bringing back the same assistant coaches and position uh position coaches now you got the same figures in the secondary. Uh, you know, obviously there's some questions on linebacker right now, which, you know, the Bears can hope to get solidified here in the next few days to weeks. Um, and then you got the chance to add a major playmaker at number eight overall. And yes, that could come in the secondary too. So a chance to really potentially upgrade uh, this secondary and this defense as a whole. Um, I know it's going to be really uh, fascinating to see how this defense looks come training, coming to get all the pieces in place. But uh, whether it's somebody like a Denzel Ward or that possibility with Minka Fitzpatrick falling, maybe you add a Tremaine Edmonds and you play that versatility of inside and outside linebacker and enhance your defense that way. Um, this defense is going to be a lot better when you get to the training camp, you get to Bourbon A, and it's a defense that was a top 10 defense last year. So you, if you get that health and you got to knock on wood with that if you're a Bears fan, this is a defense that's still building and just getting better here. Exactly. And they didn't get a lot of help from the offense last year, which that should be changed, of course, in this upcoming season. So, you know, signs are pointing in the right direction here in Chicago. But uh, going back to Prince Mukamara real quick, because he's someone who I personally, I'm okay with him coming back, but I do see a decent amount of Bears fans who are a little upset by it because they don't think Mukamara had a good season last year. Uh, can you sell fans on Mukamara? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously he he doesn't have the interceptions number. He doesn't have any interception numbers the last two years. But uh, what Prince Mukamara does bring is a steady, uh, you know, a steady player at corner. You feel good with him on the field. He might be not be that number one that was the first round pick in 2011, and but he's somebody where you put him out there with a good matchup, and he's not going to get beat. He's not going to, you know, embarrass himself. I mean, that that's there's some value in that is having a guy who can match up well and play solid in that position. Uh, ideally, with the money you're paying Kyle Ford, that's your number one corner. That's the guy who's taking away the football and making plays for you. He only had two picks last year, but he had 22 breakups, which was second in the league, um, tied for second in the league. So 
um, you feel pretty good about your pairing with Fuller and with Mukamara. And the same thing I said about Prince, I can see him at Fuller. He's not going to get beat. I mean, he's a guy who's got good instincts. He's aggressive now. Uh, Fuller's more than he ever was before, and he plays with that kind of confidence that you want at the position. So you have two guys who are now established within the league. You feel really comfortable with what they can do and the better that they can bring. Um, I, I don't want to say that a Mukamar is somebody who's not going to be taking away the football because he has in the past. Uh, he hasn't done it consistently to the level at which he'd like, but this is somebody that might have a little bit more level of play within his game. Um, you feel good about him being out there. So, Chris, we have some somewhat breaking news. Not really. Um, ESPN hired John Fox as a studio analyst. What, what are your initial reactions about that? Because we all know what he was like in uh, press conferences. So now he's getting paid to talk. My initial reaction was checking Twitter. Don't say breaking news anymore over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I uh, I caught uh, Fox at the Combine a few weeks ago, and he said he was looking into the broadcasting side. Um, it's not his end game. I think it's a, you know, a temporary stay in his mind. Um, he wants to get back into coaching. He's 63. He says he feels great. Um, you know, he sounds great right now. I mean, he sounds very upbeat and excited about what could come. Um, the other option he mentioned, though, is getting into the front office side, and he referenced Tom Coughlin, what he's done with the Jaguars in that kind of role. So maybe Fox does find somebody that brings him into a front office, makes him an advisor, and learns on the fly, uh, you know, where he could be that kind of president of football operations or work toward, you know, a general manager kind of seat. I don't know if he's going to get it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's something that a team's going to look for, but he's somebody that maybe could land in that front office kind of spot. Um, he feels really good. He, like I said, he sounds good. Um, so it's going to be interesting to hear him in the, uh, in the, in this kind of setting. Uh, we've heard how he is with the media. Now we're, we're going to see how he is as part of the media. But, um, you know, it, it's a different circumstance for a guy who was intentionally protective in what he said in front of us as reporters. Um, look, I think he'll be good. I mean, he's very engaging. He's got a good personality for this. And he's loose as can be when he's away from, you know, when he's got that wall down. I mean, he had that wall up all the time when he was with us, uh, you know, as reporters. And he had the same thing in Denver and in Carolina with those pass stops. When you take that wall down and he's got nothing to protect and he's just talking – uh, he is very conversational. He's somebody that's engaging. I think he'll do well with it. So, um, you know, good for him. I, I don't know, like I said, how long this is going to last. It could be a one year and done kind of thing as he looks for that next stop with a team as he pursues that opportunity. Maybe though, maybe he just feels really comfortable enough with this where he gives up the hope of returning to coaching or joining a front office and sticks with this for the next few years. Yeah, you know, uh, Brandon and I got to listen to him talk to at the NFL Combine, and he made you know me laugh a few more times than I ever anticipated John Fox actually making me laugh. He had the jokes. He uh, was very charismatic. So, yeah, I believe John Fox should do some good things there over at ESPN. Up next, we're going to go ahead and turn our attention to the NFL draft and pick Chris's mind on that. But first, we need to take a quick timeout and tell you about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, all the Bears brothers have the SeatGeek apps on our phones, and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can be anywhere and just with a few taps, instantly find some seats. Actually, just use SeatGeek to look at some tickets for, of course, all the baseball that's coming your way here in Chicago, north side, south side, what have you. Uh, 
Chicago Wolves, uh, Rockford Ice Hogs, if you're out that way. And right now, I was looking at Blackhawks tickets, and I might have to take – I live – five hours away from Chicago, I might have to take a drive up to see the Blackhawks right now because the tickets are the cheapest they've been probably in the last decade up there at the United Center. I know the product on the ice isn't great, but hey, if you want to go see some Blackhawks hockey for a good budget, uh, it's definitely a good time to do that. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Little Wit, joined by my two Bears brothers, Brandon Hazelwood and Nicholas Moriano. And today we have a special guest, uh, Chris Emma from 670 The Score. And we are now switching our focus to the upcoming NFL draft. And I'm going to begin here by taking the cat out of the bag. You know, there seems to be an inevitable run on quarterbacks here. So, Chris, if you're Ryan Pace, I want to know a few questions here. Uh, who do you select at number eight? And I want to know, do you even pick at number eight? Do you trade back? Do you trade up if there's someone like Bradley Chubb sitting at seven? What do you do? I have so many options. You know, I kind of uh, jabbed with Pace at the combine. I said, how's your mock draft looking? How many QBs in the top seven? And he, he wasn't having it, but uh, <laughs> that's certainly the hope. I mean, you look, it, what you do if you're Ryan Pace, you stack the board and you wait at eight. Um, now, the thing, here's what you watch for. Um, you know, you're going to get three quarterbacks and Saquon Barkley with the top four, I think. that That's probably... How it plays out in some form. I mean, Browns will get a QB with one of their two picks. Uh, Giants will either go for Barkley or a quarterback. Uh, the Jets are going for a quarterback. They just traded up for one. Um, so there's your top four. I mean, that's pretty much how it's going to work. Now the question comes to what happens after that. Um, I think it's very possible that the Colts and Bills swap where uh, the Colts get a few more picks, and that's certainly been their intention with the deal with the Jets. Uh, Bills need a quarterback, so they can move up to that sixth spot. Um, that works just fine for the Bears, too. Then that's the fourth quarterback going before the Bears get to pick at number eight. Uh, then you're looking who's on the board. I mean, is it going to be Mika Fitzpatrick that falls, you know, well beyond where he should? Because that's a top five pick. I mean, does he make it to eight? Is Quentin Nelson on the board just fitting right there perfectly on your offensive line? Uh, do you go Denzel Ward? I mean, Denzel Ward's probably going to be there unless the Buccaneers snatch him up or maybe the Broncos go for him instead. And by the way, the Broncos could go for a quarterback too because I don't know if they're really all in on Case Keenum. I, I see him more as a bridge quarterback, so there's another possibility for a quarterback there. Um, yep, maybe something crazy happens just maybe where Bradley Chubb falls. I don't see it. That's a major long shot, but, you know, weird stuff happens in the draft, so... Uh, if you know if you're Ryan Pace, you stack the board, you see how it goes for those first four, you know, for the first um, seven picks. And I think you also have to wait for the Bills too. I mean, if the Colts don't uh, trade down, if they're sitting there and draft somebody else at six, then you call the Bills and say, "Do you want our spot at eight? Uh, you make that move. It's a simple swap down. You're at the twelfth pick. All of a sudden, you can get somebody you probably would have gotten at eight. Uh, you know, somebody who wasn't going to fall, or you know, somebody who can fall to a twelve, but maybe. Um, you know, you value pretty high there, there you love to have him. So, um, it's going to be really, you know, it's fascinating. I mean, uh, this is what the bears essentially bought with drafting Trubisky last year and making that move. Uh, they got their young franchise quarterback and they're in a position now, um, where they're not desperate. They're not moving up like these teams are. So they can sit here and either get the best guy at eight or try to slide down. Uh, Ryan Pace and the bears are sitting pretty here. 
Yeah, so you brought up like a couple words that I really enjoy when it comes to draft time. Interesting, fascinating, weird things happen during the draft. And we've seen Ryan Pace do some very surprising things himself, trading back a couple times, get Cody White here a few years ago, uh, drafting positions that we didn't think he had any business drafting in, like Tariq Cohen and Eddie Jackson. We thought those positions were pretty well solidified. Oh, yeah, and then he traded up to get Mitch Trubisky too. Uh, so, I mean, if you were to take a stab in the dark at any surprises in the draft from Ryan Pace, is there any that you'd like to see or just want to throw something out there? Yeah, I, I think one thing is you uh, alluded there is maybe they could, maybe if it's not the Bills, they could slide down from that eight spot. Just a few spots if it's somebody they feel, um, you know, is somebody they value they'd like to have at eight, but they know they can get it somewhere else down the list. So uh, I don't have the draft order in front of me right now, but maybe there's a team that's looking for something else at eight that, that the Bears don't desperately need or want. Um, it, we've seen Pace make those moves before where it's somebody he feels he can get somewhere else and he's willing to slide down or maybe it's the other way too where he makes a quick slide up as he's done before uh, for Trubisky and Floyd as you mentioned so um, yeah Pace holds his uh, you know he holds his cards tight but he also stands by those beliefs that he can get somewhere else and maximize that value um, he's done a good job with that so far of maximizing uh, what he has with those picks whether it's somebody that he desperately has to have like Trubisky or, you know, last year in the second round where he traded down, got some value back in return and got somebody he coveted in Adam Shaheen. So um, I, I don't know. It's every draft I come away kind of shaking my head saying <laughs> right? I never saw that coming, whether it's with Ryan Pace or whether it's with somebody else. Um, it's football soap opera for three days. It's drama. It's suspense. It's all the above. 37 days away, as you mentioned. So get ready. Yeah, and Chris, let's talk hypothetical here because, I mean, mine as well. We don't know what's going to happen dra come draft time. But if Quinn Nelson, a guy that a lot of Bears fans love, is there on the board, and somehow, some way, you have Saquon Barkley on the board, who are you taking? <laughs> you know, I, I never even thought about that debate until it came to our station today. Um, Barkley would be a hell of a fit with that offense. I still go Nelson. I mean, I, I, I'm more of the uh, thought that, you know, you got to fit your needs if you're a team that's trying to contend. Um, you know, they're in a good spot now with Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen. Um, I think they're in an okay position now. <laughs> Obviously, look, I mean, Barkley, I think, is a phenomenal player. Bears have done some scouting on him, too. I mean, they were there at Ryan Field in October watching him. Went for negative seven yards in the first half. He, you know, broke out a little bit in the second half. I'm not as high on Barkley as everybody else is, to be honest. I've got a lot of questions about how he's going to work um, you know, with an offensive line, if he doesn't have the right offensive line in the NFL, if he's going to work as well as he could, he had some good blockers at Penn state, but they also had, um, some issues that caused him to not be the same kind of athlete that we've come to see. Look, he's a freak. I mean, we saw, we knew he'd do well at the combine. He aced it. He was phenomenal. Um, I get some questions about how he's going to fit within certain NFL offenses. Um, but even that aside, I mean, just the kind of freak athlete, that he is. Yeah, sure, he'd look great with a bit offense like the Bears. I'm sure Matt Nagy would love it. I'm still going Quinn Nelson. I mean, that's the best guy. I think he's probably the best player in the draft. You know, it's not sexy because he's a guard. Sure, you maybe can move him over to right tackle or something like that. Um, you know, he's he's somebody that transforms your offensive line and he makes you better. Good yeah. to know Chris. I'm on my side. <laughs> there we go. There you go, B. All right. So, Chris, I want to know take us through your big board a little bit. Is there any mid round sleepers that you're fond of that you think would be a decent pick by Ryan Pace in Chicago? Uh, you know, a guy that I like, I don't know how aggressive they're going to be receiver now that they did get Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, but let's say they do lose, uh, you know, let's say they do lose Cam Meredith to the Colts or Allen Hearns goes somewhere else. Um, 
maybe it's not a sleeper. This is probably a bad one to that question, but Cortland Sutton's a guy I think would fit well with that offense. You put him opposite Allen Robinson. You can get him in the second round. Maybe have to trade up a few spots to ensure he's yours. Uh, that's somebody I think would be an excellent fit. Um, you're going to have to help me out too. The kid out of Oklahoma State, speedster receiver. Um, anybody? Anybody? James, is that Washington or no? Washington. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, he'd be uh, he'd be an excellent fit too. And somebody that you know, you add another speed threat, another element of that to you know to the Nagy system. I think that would go a long way. Um, yeah, I, you know, like I said before, we talked about this earlier. Cam Meredith, I think, is an excellent fit for this offense. Um, he wants to be back. I know the Bears want him back, but if he does get a big offer here from the Colts, and maybe that happens soon, um. I, I think the Bears would like to have that opportunity to explore a good market of receivers on day two because there's some interesting options and a lot of guys that could fit this offense within different forms, whether it's a big play guy, you know, that big target like a sudden. Um, you could go up and get it like a lot of, you know, some of the best receivers in this draft, or maybe you go for that speed, speed threat, another guy who can beat you over the top. Um, I think the Bears would like that opportunity to pursue that on day two because there's some interesting options available. Do you have any guys from smaller schools like Tariq Cohen came from North Carolina A&T and Adam Shaheen came from a smaller school and even Jordan Morgan, an offensive lineman who may find himself uh, put into the rotation a little bit, possibly depending how his development goes. Do you see any small school guys that Pace may want to take? You know, that's a good question. I, I haven't looked too far into the small school guys yet. Um, yeah, I've got to look at some of the first round stuff. Um, have me on before the draft. I'll get you some good names. I, I dig much deeper into it by that point. Um I ought to think about it. I, I, you know, I'll probably I'll text you guys tonight. I'll think of a name tonight, but if you have me on before the draft, I'll have a few good names for you there. All right. All right. That I sounds like good. It's a good verbal agreement there. All right. So <laughs> we're going to kind of transition now into some what I'm calling serious questions. And mine for you, Chris, we all have one. How's your bracket holding up? Man, so I, <laughs> I had no time for it last week because all hell was breaking loose in free agency. Um, I'm also a Notre Dame fan, so I was like doing like a little bit of a boycott because let's be honest, they should be in the tournament and right now in the Sweet 16. So I was disappointed with that one. Um, I, I reluctantly filled out a bracket Wednesday night. It sucks. Um, I, you know, I actually, I, I think it might be okay, except for UNC got bounced out. That was my championship team. Um, I used, you know, I used to cover college, uh, I used to cover college football, college basketball, and I put a lot more time into it. I micromanage every little detail and see who has the rebounding edge or who has, you know, the streaky guard and it did me nothing. So I think I probably <laughs> did mine in about three and a half minutes and I haven't even looked at it. So I'm guessing I suck. Uh, I probably suck, but you know, I don't even know it. So that works. There you go. So I took advantage of free cone day at Dairy Queen. Did you take advantage of free cone day? Is that today? Yeah, <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> I did not take advantage. I, I don't know you around me, but no, I did not take advantage. We know what Chris is doing right after this podcast, but uh, <laughs> so Colin Goldman, absolutely, exactly. you have to do it. But uh, Chris, we didn't get a chance to hang out in downtown Indianapolis when we were out there for the for the NFL uh, Combine. Uh, I'm just wondering, you still down to go get a few drinks sometime? Yeah, man. Yo, you know it. Yeah, I, you missed a good night in Indy too. Uh, checked out uh, Prime one more time. That's all I really needed. Uh, <laughs> you know, I love the NFL NFL Combine Week. It's exhausting. Uh, you know, it's there's long days turned into long nights. A lot of coffee and five hour energies involved. Uh, shout out Starbucks. Starbucks went a long <laughs> way. Uh, get the espresso shots, but it's a fun week. I mean, look, I 
And it's easy for me to say I'm single. I don't have a family, you know, like kids, that kind of thing where you're missing people. Um, I love it. It's a fun time. So yeah, I always look forward to that week in Indy, but yeah, absolutely down for a drink. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> There we go. We all know Nick likes his nights out on the town, right, Nick? <laughs> uh, yeah. Now the St. Patty's Day crawl, uh, crawl I went on uh, last Saturday. That was a, uh, that was a, uh, that was a rough time. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We have one more segment, and it's gonna be how we're gonna end our show, of course. And it's gonna just be two questions that were submitted by listeners of the show beforehand. And the first one comes from Juan Carlos, and he wants to know for Chris, uh, do you guys think it's a good idea that Ryan Pace is backloading most of these deals instead of front-loading them? You know, I didn't even think it. That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I, I I think it reflects more the long-term plan and the fact that they, you know, they feel like their window's a little bit more open than it was before. When, when Pace took over and you look at the free agent signings that he's made, I mean, they were front-loaded because he wanted to get out of them and have that possibility if necessary. Uh, I think it's Pace's acknowledgement within the details and the logistics that, uh, you know, they feel really good about where they're going. Uh, it, it's a reflection that this organization's in a different place than it was before where, you know, you're not making these deals and saying, let's get out of them. I mean, that's, you know, it's signing a prenup on your wedding day. Like, okay, we're married. <laughs> but I, you might be gone in a year. Uh, the bears feel better about where they are, where they're heading. And I, you know, I, I didn't really look, uh, I didn't even really thought about that to be honest, but that's probably my first reaction to it is it's a thought toward the, that, you know, the bears having a chance to contend here for a few years. All right. Moving on to the next question. It comes from Steven and he says with the need at both inside and outside linebacker, do you see the bears giving John Bullard and Roy Robertson Harris the opportunity to cement a position in the front three rather than looking to draft someone to become a starter. What's your thoughts there? Uh, I, I don't know what the bears offered for Mitch on Ryan, but the fact that he did move on, I think is their way of saying that they're ready to see what Bowler can do. And you know, Roy Robertson Harris as well, somebody who uh, emerged. Well, he filled into a defensive ends body and eventually earned the trust of the coaches through that. So uh, I think they'll get an extended opportunity here. There is a needed outside linebacker, as you mentioned. I think they're going to find a few different fits there, and I think they could look that way in the draft as well. Um, but I, I, I think you're going to probably see a little bit more uh, Jonathan Board, and I, I don't know. Probably don't anoint him as that guy right away, that go-to starter. They felt really good about what Mitch Unrein brought to the table as well as an underrated contributor. Um, when you look toward where the Bears are heading now. Um, you know, he was somebody that kind of bought Buller some time and allowed him to progress. Big Fangio spoke highly of Buller. I mean, you know, he he saw the kind of growth in this kid that they wanted to see. Um, where Robertson Harris is obviously somebody that caught them by surprise because he did fill out his body and kind of, uh, you know, he kind of got forced into this position where he went from outside linebacker to defensive end. So I think they'll both get some good opportunities there. Maybe you do get another veteran, somebody like Unrind, who, um, you know, if if board isn't ready or if Roy Robertson Harris isn't ready for more time, then you plug in that guy instead. Um, so yeah, I, I, those are two guys that, you know, they emerged and kind of performed well last year. Brothers, before I close the show, any final questions that maybe popped in your head for Chris? Uh, wh what are your chances? Do you think uh, Loyola Chicago has a chance on uh, Thursday against Nevada? Man, they're for real. You know, it, it's a team that's, that's rounded. You got a bunch of guys that could score. You got a, a Deep option or deep options all through. Um, I obviously uh, Clinton Custer's a star. I like that way, uh, the way Camp Crowley plays too. Now, I went to one game, I live uh, right by campus here. I'm looking down toward campus right now, uh, from my awesome. window. 
Um, yeah, so I've seen a couple. Uh, I've seen them live once. I've seen them play on TV, you know, a bunch, obviously, before this. I like the roster. Clayton Custer's a stud, man. They're really impressive. So, um, yeah, I my busted bracket, I did pick them to the Sweet 16 because I feel like these are the kind of teams that can emerge in March. Uh, what I didn't see coming was the way that that entire South region would just unravel. So, oh, yeah. you know, this is a team that can realistically make the Final Four. It's really amazing to say. Uh, you know, I felt confident about them being a Sweet 16 team. Uh, I still have Kentucky going there because, you know, Kentucky's a team that has been building toward this. They're getting better and better, and you're seeing them really rise to the occasion at the right, at the right time. Uh, but if Kansas State were to pull it off the upset there and knock off the Wildcats, uh, Loyola is able to beat Nevada, then you get that matchup with the Final Four on the line. Never say never. Porter Moser's a hell of a coach, and he's done a good job building this team. Definitely. Good stuff there. All right. I think that does it. So, Chris, I want to thank you again for taking the time to sit down and join us. You know, we appreciate it. I know our listeners appreciate it. So on behalf of everybody, I just want to say thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you some names next time. I, I got to go to the small school guys. Now I, I got my, uh, I got, I'm doing Notre Dame pro day on Thursday. I got a few more to come after that. So I got to start digging into the deep, uh, you know, deep end on the draft stuff here. I'm getting ready for it. There you go. Only 37 days crunch time. Yeah, that one caught me off guard. I'm ready for it. Let's go. I'm excited. <laughs> exactly. We all are. So, all right, Bears fans, if any big news breaks this week, expect to hear from us soon afterward. If not, you know, we'll talk to you next week. Don't forget to review the show and include your Twitter handle within it to enter our free Bears jersey giveaway. I think we're 70% of the way there with only about 30 reviews to go before we pick a winner. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.